Wednesday out there, everybody. Welcome to the Sports Machine with Slim. We got an interesting show for you today, the next hour. We're going to cover a variety of topics. We're going to take a look into the NFL playoff picture and the conferences. Which conference is better, the AFC or the NFC? I've thought all season long, the NFC. I thought the best teams were in the NFC. San Francisco, Dallas, Philadelphia. But if you look at what's happened here over the last few weeks, you got to start to say, wait a second, maybe the AFC is the superior conference. We're going to dive into that a little bit. We're going to look at the week ahead for the local sports teams in the professional ranks, the Celtics, the Bruins, the Patriots. Bruins play tonight to kind of kickstart this week off for us. And we're going to start the show with a little bit of a walk down memory lane for people who yearn for the olden days, the the glory days, the, the times in the world when things were better. I want to tell you a little bit of, a little story about a book I started to read last night called When Pride Still Mattered. When Pride Still Mattered. It's a biography about the life of Vince Lombardi. One of the greatest football coaches ever to walk the earth, maybe the greatest. Some of you out there might uh, want to disagree with that and say Bill Belichick's the greatest. But the point of the book that resonates with me just through the first chapter, I'm on page 30, first chapter resonates with me, is I've got some suggestions for Jason Tatum. So we're going to take a football coach's words and teachings and try to translate them over into a basketball language that the modern-day athlete can understand. So Vince Lombardi, as I read, I think his father's family had 13 um, boys and girls, so kids. His father, I think, had 12 brothers and sisters. Uh, I'm not 100% that was the, the accurate number, but it's a huge family. And they all lived within, like, when they grew up and had families themselves, all lived within, like, a two-mile square radius. And so they stayed in touch, tight family. They'd all go over to the, you know, the grandmother's house for dinner, Italian dinner, spaghetti, pasta, etc., on the weekends. And the book talks about Vince Lombardi and his just upbringing, how tough he was. Didn't lift weights. He, in the family, they, they lifted slabs of meat because his father owned a meat um, you know, sales shop. <laughs> so him and his, his, his brother, I think, used to pack meat all the time. That's how they got so strong. He was originally going to be a priest when he went to college. He thought he was going to be a priest or high school, sorry. And then, no, changed gears there, figured I don't want to be a priest. I want to be able to play football. And in the Catholic church where he was going, they, they weren't believing that, that football was something anybody should be doing. There were a lot of downsides of the football league. So the point of the matter is one quote that I read, they lost, Vince Lombardi's team lost in the finals one year. And his post-game speech said, you are never going to lose a championship game again. This guy went on to coach five Super Bowl victories during an 11-year coaching career, I think it was. Going off of the top of my head here, though. But the attitude of getting guys in a room after they lost, everybody hurting and saying, you're not going to lose again. And those words actually meaning something. Today, everybody's talking. Heck, I'm the sports machine with Slim. I've got a microphone in front of my face. I get to say whatever I want. 
People can listen or not listen, right? That's the day we have. Everybody can have a podcast. Everybody can share what they want on email, anywhere on the internet, social media sites. Everybody has an opinion. But some people's opinions matter a little bit more than others. And Vince Lombardi's opinions obviously mattered because he was able to inspire individuals. Let's take a look at what happened the other night, Christmas, with Jason Tatum and and Derek White. Celtics are going to win the game. They're up by, what, 13 points, 29 seconds left. Lakers against Celtics. Celtics went on the road. They're winning three out of four for their road trip. 29 seconds left. Jason Tatum goes up. He grabs a rebound. So that's good for the stat column. Okay, you get an extra rebound. He dribbles the ball up the court, gets over the half-court line, and he's dribbling. Down to about 20 seconds left, 18 seconds left, something like that in the game. But there's even less than that on the shot clock. So you got to do something with the ball before the shot clock expires, right? So Tatum understands this. And in this game, in this day and age, the players don't want to, quote unquote, like rub it in. So they don't want to take an extra shot, which I still think is ridiculous. I don't know how we evolved in the basketball world to allowing this to happen. Like, just come down and shoot the ball. It's not a big deal. We don't need to stop, take the ball out of bounds. It's It's like ridiculous. But whatever. So Tatum... Coming over half court, realizes, oh, if he holds the ball, I'm going to get called for a turnover. So he passes the ball to Derek White. Derek White catches the ball. There's about maybe 13 seconds left on the shot clock. 17 seconds left on the game clock. Derek White takes a bunch of dribbles. We're down to like nine seconds in the game. Six or so seconds on the shot clock. And the guy defends Derek White a little bit harder. So he goes to pass the ball back to Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum, ole, intentionally moves out of the way. Like he's playing a game of dodgeball. Like you would not want to get hit by the ball. He totally moved like a game of dodgeball. The five Ds of dodgeball. Dodge. Dip. Duck. Something and dodge. (laughs) Right? But it's to that level of ridiculousness that Tatum just totally tried to get out of the way of the ball, and immediately Derek White's hands go out by his side like, what are you doing? What are you doing? And then they start talking, and they continue their conversation for about 20 to 25 more seconds. And Derek White's just looking at him and talking to him like, I I threw you the ball. Here's my point. Can you imagine Vince Lombardi's team doing something like that, moving out of the way of the ball when your teammate passed it to you? And the point I really want to make is Jason Tatum was the one who originally passed the ball to Derek White. So what does that tell you? Tatum thinks he's superior. Hey, I'm not going to get the turnover. I don't want the turnover. I'm dribbling. I'm going to give it to you. You, Derek White, you take the turnover on your stat count. I don't want it on mine. So you take the turnover on your stat count. You're not as good as me. You, you take the negative statistic. Don't tell me that's not what happened. Jason Tatum thinks he's superior. He thinks he's a superstar. He thinks he's the man. But I'm here to tell you, and maybe it's just me with the microphone, Tatum. Maybe you're never going to listen to this, but the sports machine with Slim is here to tell you, you have not won anything. You've won nothing. You won nothing in college. You've won nothing in the NBA. And if you want to continue to make it to the finals and then lose, or make it to the Eastern Conference Finals and then lose, then stay with your same attitude. But maybe 
We can have somebody like a Vince Lombardi who would talk to Tatum and say, you're not going to lose another title game again. And for that to happen, you need to stop caring about your statistics. You need to stop thinking you're a better player than Derek White. Do you have more talent than him? Yeah. But if you watch the progression that Derek White is making year after year, not for nothing, dude, he's going to be surpassing you in about two more years go by at this level of, uh, of increased ability and play. Derek White is knocking down threes. If I go and look at the stats, I didn't do it in preparation for the show, but I'd venture to guess Derek White is a superior three-point shooter to Jason Tatum right now. And you can say, oh, he takes more contested threes. Well, then Tatum, stop taking step-back threes with people in, in your face. You did it again at halftime. It wasn't enough that you took a step back three at the end of the Golden State game in regulation and missed. You have to go and we have to all sit as fans, watch him go up to half court, dribble the ball, come in closer, three-point line. Now we're down to two seconds at, in, in the half against the Lakers on Christmas Day. Step back, jump at three. Oh, miss at the buzzer. Who could have guessed he'd miss again? He needs somebody to get in his face. I said it two weeks ago. Drew Holiday should have done it when he passed Tatum the ball and then he did that step back, missed three at the end of regulation against Golden State. Everybody was, oh, no, you can't talk to him like that. You can't do that. Well, guess what? Derek White and me, we're on the same page, baby. We're on the same page. I would have even gotten more upset if I was Derek White. Tatum thinks it's a joke. Oh, it's no big deal. Dude, you think you're better than me. Don't pass me the ball next time to take the turnover. You got the rebound. Dribble down the court. Dribble the ball out. You think Larry Bird would ever have passed the ball to somebody and then if they passed it back to him? Do you think Larry Bird would have ever played dodgeball to get out of the way of the basketball? What a joke. Are you kidding me? And people say, oh, well, you know, that day is over. Listen, I got news for you, dude. I did a little bit of statistic gathering last night. When you talk about ages of winning the title, everybody's like, oh, LeBron didn't win until he's 27. Kobe Bryant won a title when he was 21. Larry Bird was 22. His rookie year, the Celtics were 32 games better than they were the year before. It's not a skill thing with Tatum. It's a mindset, and somebody needs to challenge that guy. We're here for it. You're listening to The Sports Machine with Slim on WKXL Radio. It's 1450 AM, 103.9 FM Concord, 101.9 FM Manchester, nhtalkradio.com. We're coming back to preview what's coming up this week. The Sports Machine was slim. The Celtics just have too much talent to lose this year, people. The Celtics are way too good not to win the title. And Jason Tatum thinking he's better than everybody else, that's just something that gets under my skin, and it's an impediment to the championship. It's just a, it's a road bump we need to get over. He needs to understand he's no better than anybody else. In fact, Drew Holiday, he actually has won something. He is a champion. Let's make sure the Celtics fans are ready when playoff time comes around. I'm talking three to four months down the road. We're laying the groundwork right now. Let's lay the groundwork for what's coming up the next few days here in the sporting world for the Boston area sports teams. Let's start out with the New England Patriots. Why the heck not? Uh, We have 
a game this coming Sunday against Buffalo. At Buffalo, who we used to kick the crap out of all the time for years and years when Tom Brady was here. Buffalo, boy, they're starting to roll. They're feeling good. Yes, they played a tight game against the Chargers last weekend, but we know that uh, the Chargers had fired their coach, and there's a new... There's a new invigoration of energy when the new coach comes in the door. Just statistically, it happens. Every time a coach is fired, the next game in the NFL, their team responds. And that's what happened with the Chargers. And Buffalo was coming off two weeks of being all jacked up. So we got the Patriots at Buffalo this Sunday. The following Sunday, they're closing out the season against the Jets. We got a caller on the line that I might want to ask a question to, but I'll let them make their entrance first. Go right ahead. Hey, it's McBFQ, and uh, I wanted to keep it real streamlined. Just hit the two topics that you hit at the top of the show, and I can provide some information for you, actually. Let's go. You, go started, ahead. you started the show mentioning AFC versus NFC. I said, I suspect the AFC is better, but let me find the stat to back it up. 42 and 34, the AFC is heads up against the NFC. Every single AFC team is within a half game of 500 or better, except for your New England Patriots 0 and 5. <laughs> so you throw out the Patriots 42 and 29. The AFC would be against the NFC. And I want to provide a second stat, which backs up exactly what you said, uh, Mr. Jason Tatum, 34.7 percent on threes. Derek White is 42.4. 34.7 to 42.4. Is that what you said? That is what I said. Look at this. I mean, that's that's some quick math and discovery and the stat revelation by McBFQ bringing to the show. That's a strength in an area where I am obviously weak, my cousin Bob from Quincy. I appreciate that. What's your take on this with the whole situation with Tatum passing that ball over to uh, Derek White and then not wanting it back? Jim, uh, that was light work. I'm actually doing statistics at work while <laughs> researching that, but that's another subject. Um, my take is um, I, I have had this out with you on the air a couple of times where I feel like you're too hard on Tatum, and he is on the trajectory of where all these greats were as far as being 25 years old, as far as being seven years into the career. We've been through all that. As far as that specific incident, um, I agree with you. I I hated it when Marcus Smart jacked up those threes. And I these guys are all you go to the warm ups before a game, they will hit twenty shots in a row. They're, these professionals can make an open shot like nobody's business. And this mentality that it has to be the star that takes the final shot, that he has to shoot it in triple coverage, you know to show his heart and his coverage and how he's the greatest. No, the guy with the open, the open shot, have him shoot it. He's a professional. He can make it. And how do we get, how do we get the open shots is by penetrating to the basket, drawing help defense in, and then kicking out to somebody that's open. You're absolutely right. Anybody on the Celtics roster can knock down an open three. There you go. I, Sam Hauser. I, you, you put Sam Hauser out there? He's going to stick it. Every time. Peyton Pritchard. Oh, my God. I love everything about his game. He's going to stick it. Just don't obsess about it's got to be the star in the last few seconds. It's got to be the star at the end of the quarter, the end of the half. 
I'm with you. Before you go today, I'm going to tell you, I wanted to, in the next segment, actually break down some college football action. We'll just jump that in right here, if it's okay, Bob. With, with Yo, you're Florida. hurting my heart. Yeah, well, I apologize. But for people that don't know, my cousin Bob from Quincy is a Florida State alum, and uh, Florida State has, I read, 26 FSU players are in the transfer portal. Seven are entering the draft, Bob. It's going to be like a minor league team. I think they're going to get their doors blown off by Georgia now. <laughs> well, we live by the transfer portal and die by the transfer portal. I We picked up Jared Verse um, out of Albany, and he is going to be a top 10 draft pick. But in order to be that top 10 draft pick, he's skipping out on the Orange Bowl, <laughs> as is uh, Mr. Tight Rodemaker. He no longer wants to play with us. So we're going to start a quarterback, Brock Glenn, and I swear he looks like he's never played football before. <laughs> I, I think he passed for 60 yards in the Louisville game that our defense was so incredible that we were still able to pull out that game, even with an anemic offense. Um, you know, running backs did but anemic passing game anyway. And um, just I think maybe there's enough talent left over. I don't that know. We can at, le- at least finish within 17 points of Georgia. Bob, but, uh, I, I saw win- this morning that game is is a distant thought. Some statistics for you: the number one rusher for FSU is out of this game. The number three rusher, I think, was Travis, the quarterback, number one quarterback, who's he? He's out. Number four rusher out as well. So you got the number two rusher, who I guess ran for 114 in that last game against Louisville. So that's a positive. But literally, there's like two or three guys that just opted out two days ago. This Florida State team, it's like they're all running. There's something wrong. I gotta restudy my own roster. Yeah, yeah. This is insanity. I just in doing some preparation for today's show, I clicked on some articles. I was like, wow, it must be that their coach is gonna leave. I, I'm assuming. Like, why else? No, would no, all no, these no, guys no, 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 no. I'd be very, very shocked. The whole thing with FSU, and this is an overall uh, college football issue, is that we are now suing the ACC because they have this draconian, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars if you want to get out of the conference. And we're like, if we're going to go 13-0 and in this conference and that's not good enough, right. we got to get out of here. Absolutely. Stands to reason. I mean, that's total common you know, sense. We, we, we want to be the eighth best team in the SEC or you know, <laughs> the third some season. Oh, we're desperate money. to get into any other conference, and that's what that's about. That's not the coach. Mike Norville is here to stay, and since I said it, he'll announce his uh, – retirement next week. <laughs> well, I appreciate that knowledge and the FSU on the spot stuff. We're going to be going to a break in a minute, but that game comes up on, what is it, Saturday at 12 o'clock, I believe, is when they kick off. Oh, no, sorry, 4 o'clock at 12 o'clock. 4 o'clock. Penn State at Old Miss. We got a big college football weekend. I'm going to be talking that in the next segment. Do you got any picks, or, or you got one maybe before we hit the commercial break that you really like in the college football slate this week? Well, weekend? you're talking to a guy who in the office pool is, I think, third from the bottom right now. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I'm not sure that my opinion means anything. But um, I'm still taking FSU with a whole bunch of points and praying. All right. Sometimes that's all you can do, people, is is hope for the best, say a prayer to the Lord above, and uh, hope the sm- sun is uh, smiling down on you that day, as it is today. Uh, Bob, great call, great numbers. I love that coming in. Jason Tatum, 34% from three. Derek White, 42% from three. Who would you rather have taking a step back three when the game is on the line? The math would say Derek White. I appreciate that. And anybody else who wants to call the show, you're certainly welcome. 603-224-1450. 
is the number 603-224-1450, the sports machine with Slim. We are New Hampshire's next generation sports talk radio show. I love being here every single day. I love talking to the people. I love making my predictions and being wrong so people can come in and make fun of me. I love coming to the table with a prepared show for the day and having people call in and say, hey, listen, you need some statistics, statistics to back up what you're saying. And that's why McBFQ, my cousin Bob from Quincy, who just gave a ring, has been in the top 10 fans each of the last three weeks. And he currently holds the number one position in the top 10 fans of the Sports Machine with Slim. You're asking yourself, you're hearing the show for the first time, what are the top 10 fans? What's this all about? The top 10 fans of the show is a list created by yours truly, me, Slim. I get to decide. I get to decide who the top 10 fans of the show are. And then the top 10 fans of the show each week when the new list is announced on Friday, they get rewarded. Last weekend, I put in a parlay for us. It lost. The weekend before, I put in a parlay that if it won, would have been shared equally amongst the top 10. That one lost too. Not a coincidence. Both parlays I put in for us uh, both lost the first game. So this week, I think it was $80 to win something like four grand. We lost, but there's lots of other fun stuff that come along too. Top 10 fans of the show, you want to be in it. Trust me. And your friends want to be in it too, so tell them to listen to The Sports Machine with Slim, 10 to 11, weekdays, right here on WKXL. We're coming in in a minute to talk more about the week ahead for the Celtics, the Bruins, and some college football. You're listening to WKXL, 1450 AM, 103.9 FM in Concord, 101.9 FM in Manchester, nhtalkradio.com. Listening to New Hampshire's Next Generation Sports Talk Radio Show. The Sports Machine with Slim. Let's rock right through to Celtics' upcoming schedule. I know the Celtics are a big uh, topic of conversation in my household. In fact, my five-year-old just listening to the last segment said, Marcus Smart, they were talking about Marcus Smart. He loved the Marcus Smart cereal. Used to be able to get that at Market Basket on the shelves. Market Smart, Market Smart cereal. I loved it too. It was awesome. But it went away, as did Marcus Smart. And we're not looking back, baby. This Celtics team is loaded. And we get to play the definition of an unloaded team on Thursday, tomorrow night. The Celtics, what they have coming up, the Pistons at the Celtics on Thursday. Do you know the Detroit Pistons have lost? 28 games in a row. Their record is 2-29. and 29. They actually started out 2-1 and one to start the season. But they've lost 28 games in a row. Last night, they lost their 28th to Brooklyn. Cade Cunningham did score 41 in the loss. And he had 43 a couple games ago. So he is playing well for the Pistons. Former number one draft pick out of Oklahoma State. Uh, averaging 23 points, 4 rebounds, 7 assists a game. So Cade Cunningham is putting up some statistics. I did say last week he had a quote when they had lost like 26 games in a row after the game. He said, there's no way we're that bad. There's no way we're losing 26 games in a row bad. And I said, yes, you are. In fact, I was wrong, though. You're 28 games 
in a row, bad. Soon to be 29 games in a row because you're going to play against the Celtics tomorrow night. Good luck to the Pistons and Monty Williams turning that train around. That's going full throttle the wrong direction. Can you fire him? It's his first year on the job. Monty Williams used to coach Phoenix Suns, and they've experienced some success, but they kind of ran him out of town. He goes over to Detroit. Let's see what happens. The Celtics, after we play Thursday at the, uh, against the Pistons at home, then we uh, have Toronto coming in to visit us on Saturday, and then a big road trip kicks off. New Year's Day, Celtics are at Houston. Then we go to Utah, Golden State, and at Denver on January 7th. So Celtics kick off a four-game road trip next week, but it starts on January 1st against Houston. Ime Odoka, former Celtics coach, coaches Houston. Do you know that right now? I saw a YouTube video the other day where he was talking some mad trash to LeBron James. Like, really, really, like, uh, confrontational type stuff. If you YouTube it, it's pretty pretty cool. It's like, what are you going to do about it? Talking trash to LeBron. LeBron didn't know what to do. For people that don't know, Ime Odoko was known to be an extremely tough individual. And I don't think that's a coincidence as to why he yeah, demanded and earned respect from the Celtics players. The, the year he was here, boy. <laughs> Celtics were awesome. Made it to the finals. Broke down in the end against Golden State. Jason Tatum, where were you? None of those step-back threes were going in that series. So that's what we got to look forward to for the Celtics. The Bruins take to the ice tonight at Buffalo. Do you know the Bruins have lost four games in a row and six out of our last eight? Not heading in the right direction. When I watch them play over the last couple of weeks, I think the goaltenders are playing great. Swayman and Almark, they, I think they're both. Whoa, look at these guys making incredible saves, yet we're still losing, which means we're getting dominated in the play. Well, guess what? Tonight we play at Buffalo, and then later this week we start a stretch where we play 10 games in 17 days. It kicks off at home against New Jersey on the 30th, then New Year's Eve we're at Detroit, Next week on January 2nd at Columbus, 10 games in 17 days. We've lost six out of eight and four in a row. Tonight's kind of a big game. Kind of a big game for the Bruins at Buffalo. You don't want to be losing this game, lose five out of a row, seven, seven out of nine. Then you got to go play 10 games in 17 days? Yikes. One comment, and I've said this to people before, I'm not a Bruins master. I'm not a hockey master. I can barely even skate. I'm the basketball guy. But when it comes to the Bruins, when it comes playoff time, baby, because the, the Bruins still do have, I think, the best record in the Eastern Conference for hockey. So the Bruins have been playing great. It's just a recent stretch where they've been bad. Well, I'm going to tell you, every other game I looked, they start in a different goalie. There were three games, I think, where they started the same goalie back-to-back. But for the other games during the season, it's been alternating every other. When it comes playoff time, you had better – be alternating every other day. And I know hockey players and, and fans, coaches would say, well, that's not how it's done. That's not how it's done in the playoffs. How'd that work out for you last year, Bruins? When you went with Elmark all the way through, and then I think you threw Swayman in at one point because Elmark was hurt. You cannot do this all regular season long, every other day with the goaltender, and then all of a sudden when the playoffs come, go, well, we're just going to ride this one guy. If you're going to do that, Start to ride that individual now. It makes no sense to completely do one thing one way during the regular season and then just abandon the entire process when it comes time for the playoffs. It's bad for team morale. 
You don't do that. You're going to have naturally, you're going to have some players who like one goalie better than the other. They're both awesome. So you can't, you, you can't ask those players to not, I mean, kind of pick a side. You're going to have one that you just prefer a little bit, how they maybe outlet the puck, or if they've you know, made incredible saves to back up errors that you've made or something like that. It's natural. Well, when the playoffs come, you don't want that division in there. It needs to be every other. Or you, you play one of them the majority of the time, or you make a trade. I mean, should the Bruins trade one of their goalies? They have two awesome goalies. I don't know. I don't have the answer to that. Maybe we get somebody who calls the show that knows what they're doing about hockey. 603-224-1450. The Bruins got a big game tonight at Buffalo. The Patriots, as I told you, we got two games coming up to finish out the season. Do you know, Don Shula has the record for most wins in the NFL in history. 328. George Hallis has 318. Bill Belichick, 302 is what I have. But that's before this year, I believe. So Belichick is closing in on Shula for the most wins of all time. But did you know Belichick is also closing in on the most losses of all time? Dan Reeves and Jeff Fisher both have 165 losses. Or is it 167? These are terrible notes. Belichick is two behind them both. I'm so glad the Patriots won that game last week against Denver. I really am. And I'm praying the the Patriots win another one. Belichick is going to, if he coaches next year, is going to go down in history as the NFL coach with the most losses of all time. He's only two away. I don't want him to get it with the Patriots. If, If he's coming back next year to coach the Pats, fine. Fine, because that means you're also coming back to set the record as the coach with the most. Who wins? You got to do it, whether it takes two years or three years, you're coming back for that. But we can't have you breaking the record or tying the record for most losses of all time when you're the Patriots coach and then going somewhere else and breaking the record for most wins of all time. That's just something that I hope we can put off for discussion until next year. Maybe Belichick will retire. So if he's going to retire this year, man, I hope he wins one of these last two games. I'm not liking our chances at Buffalo this week. But the following week at home against the Jets, take them down, baby. I'm back on. Let's root for the Patriots to win some games. If it costs us a draft pick, so what? In the end, it's going to be a coin flip anyway. You got Caleb Williams. You got Drake May. You got my guy, Jaden Daniels. I want Jaden Daniels. I'm on the record. I don't care if we get the number one pick, number three, four pick. Hopefully he slides to us. Marvin Harrison's going somewhere in there. And who knows? Maybe there's another player or two that jumps in to the mix. So, Whatever's going to happen is going to happen. We haven't had an early draft pick like this in a long time here in the New England Patriotsville. And, uh, I mean, the last time we had it was, what, Drew Bledsoe, I think, versus Rick Myra. We had the number one pick. It was Bledsoe or Myra. Who are we going to take? And it was 50-50. Pats went with Bledsoe. It was the right call. I like that dude. He has a winery now, and I'd buy Drew Bledsoe's wine. I'm in. Let's talk about some more playoff games. Sorry, well... We'll get to the playoff action for college football, won't we? Maybe we just jump in right there. We got Michigan at Alabama. That's on New Year's Day, baby. That's Monday. Michigan and Alabama. And we got Texas, Washington. Michigan's favored by one and a half over Alabama. Now, why is this? I wonder. People think the Big Ten is better than the SEC. Let me uh, you know, scratch my head for a second here and ponder this. The SEC's won the last three national titles, right? I mean, did you watch Georgia and Alabama play? 
The offenses? Is there anything that you've seen with your eyes to make you think the offenses of the Big Ten are better than the offenses in the SEC? Did you watch Jaden Daniels throw the ball? You watch his receivers for LSU? They're nuts. Who's throwing the ball like that in the Big Ten? J.J. McCarthy? Come on. I think time is going to show the SEC is still the best conference. And this is still the best sports talk radio show on the air between 10 and 11. You're listening to The Sports Machine with Slim. We're coming right back with more college football talk on WKXL Radio, 1450 AM, 103.9 FM Concord, 101.9 FM Manchester, nhtalkradio.com. WKXL Radio, making moves. There hasn't been a sports talk radio show on this station in a long time. We're coming at you every weekday, 10 to 11. I choose the topics a lot of times, but the callers certainly can choose the topics as well. 603-224-1450. Right now, I want to break down some more college football action that will be coming up this weekend. We seem to have some... SEC versus Big Ten square-offs. We got, on Friday, Missouri playing Ohio State. What would you think the line of that game would be? Ohio State minus two and a half. I saw that this morning. Hmm. Ohio State was, I mean, in the talk for national championship, right? Until they played Michigan in their last game in the Big Ten finale. They go down. Now they're favored by less than a field goal against Missouri, an SEC team. Ranked number 10 in the nation. I got no idea who's going to win that game, but I would tend to lead SEC, as I told you. I'd lead SEC in probably all these contests. Saturday, we got Penn State squaring off against Ole Miss. Mississippi coached by Lane Kiffin, who I'm no big fan of, I'll tell you that. In the bowl game last year, I'm pretty sure I had him. They got trounced. I'm no big fan of Lane Kiffin. But this Penn State coach, he can't win a big game. And did you know that the Penn State coordinators are both leaving? The defensive coordinator and the defense for Penn State was one of the best in the country this year. I think that's because they play horrible offenses in the Big Ten, partly at least. But their defensive coordinator, Manny Diaz, he left to go be Duke's new head coach. So Penn State has lost their defensive coordinator. They also lost their offensive coordinator. So there's a lot of change going on there at Penn State. They're playing Ole Miss. Penn State favored by four. Coach can't win a big game. New offensive and defensive coordinators coming in. Just seems to me that that might be a confusing situation if you're a player over there hearing all week that, hey, your coach, the record in big games is not so good. We got new changes going on for the guys that lead the offense, lead the defense. I'm jumping on the Ole Miss bandwagon. As I mentioned earlier, Georgia is playing Florida State. Oh, my. Oh, my. 17-and-a-half point favorites, Georgia. Florida State was hoping to have most of their defense. I read some articles online like a week or two ago. Florida State's returning most of their players for defense. 
for the bowl game, and now this week they've had lost like four or five guys on their defense. They're going to be without, I think, seven all-ACC players. Florida State, seven all-conference players. That team is about to get smoked. That's why that spread has gone from 14 to 16, 16 and a half. It's up to 17 and a half today. I just, I know Georgia struggled in the bowl game last year to score, but I think they got a young quarterback over there. They want to build him confidence. They got some guys playing that are are seniors that are going to be playing in the NFL that said, hey, I want to play one more game with my brothers on the team. I would suspect Georgia's coming out looking to play hard. And even if they don't, the guys they're playing against on Florida State, my goodness. Monday, January 1st, New Year's. New Year's right around the corner, people. Wisconsin's playing LSU. Jaden Daniels not playing yet. LSU's favored by 10. Wisconsin's playing LSU. LSU's favored by 10. I know we all saw that game earlier this year with LSU against Alabama when Jaden Daniels got hurt. Do you know what that offense did when Jaden Daniels was out of the game? Putrid. Putrid. Now, I don't think Wisconsin's going to be scoring a ton of points, but I also don't think LSU's defense is the greatest. So, 10 points for LSU. I'm on the the, uh, bandwagon of Wisconsin in that one. Liberty's playing Oregon. On on January 1st, I'm going to tell you, the spreads are all huge. LSU's favored by 10. Liberty's playing Oregon. Oregon's favored by 17. That kicks off at 1 o'clock. Iowa's playing Tennessee. Tennessee's favored by eight. Another SEC versus Big Ten matchup. Iowa can't score. I mean, I could round up 10 of you listeners out there. Me and the 10 of you could play defense against Iowa. They'd have a tough time cracking 20. Their offense is is filthy bad. (laughs) Really. Their offense, they can't score anything. Defense, very good. Will Tennessee turn the ball over? That's the question. But when you're playing against one side of the ball that's just totally anemic, man, I don't know. I would expect Tennessee's going to be able to score some points. I'm predicting blowouts, which probably means hey, the other side's going to win <laughs> win the game outright. One of them probably will. right? Wisconsin, LSU, 10-point spread. Liberty, Oregon, 17. Iowa, Tennessee, 8. One of those teams is going to lose. One of those favorites is going to lose the game outright. My suspicion, Wisconsin might come in and... Uh, Take down Kelly and LSU. Michigan and Alabama. We talked about it going into break there. SEC against Big Ten. Bamo. I love to see it. Alabama, their quarterback, he's just so fast. He just he's so strong and so fast. Is Michigan ready to defend against him? Yeah. Michigan's been playing against that style of offense, I think, for most of the year. A lot of running quarterbacks. And what's, what's interesting to me is Michigan's being favored. Alabama's won national titles. Alabama's had the spotlight all over them for years. How many years are we talking now with Nick Saban? 15? Alabama's in the national championship hunt every single year. And they've won it a bunch of those years. What has Michigan won? Michigan gets a tough time beating Ohio State in the <laughs> in the Big Ten every year. And then nothing. Why is Michigan favored in this game? People think it's different. People think this season for some reason is different. I'm not on that train. Alabama. Texas, Washington. This game I actually can't wait to watch. 
Texas is minus four. And Washington's got Michael Penix, who's a guy I've followed for the last three or four years when he was at Indiana. Had a great season with them. Just a ton of injury problems over the last three years. My goodness. Then he transitions and heads over to Washington. Now this year, he stayed healthy. And his team's undefeated. But the Pac-10 plays no defense. The Washington defense is going to get torched by Texas's offense. On the other side of the ball, guess what? Washington's going to score some points. This total is 63.5. I would predict this game scores 40 apiece for both teams. I would predict this this game is over 80 points. 63.5 seems very low to me. I just don't think Washington's defense is going to be able to stop Texas at all if Texas wants to crank it up. The athletes over there are just too much. And Washington on the other side, I just see it. I I, I have a very hard time believing that Michael Penix is going to get blown out. It's been a storybook season for Washington. Their coach has come in and has done some great stuff over there. I think that you got the makings of a real high-scoring, last-second, come-down-to-the-wire type of a game. And, I mean, Michael Penix has shown he's a winner. He's a winner. And if you put him in the spot here to win at the end, he's going to pull it out. I'm expecting Alabama to take on Washington on January 8th for the national title. Could it be the other sides? Of course it could. Heck, Texas is favored by four. Washington, it's a Pac-10. They don't play any defense. I saw a couple of Pac-10 teams have already gotten blown out during the bowl season. They just give up too many points. If you watch the size of their linemen, for the most part, it's like, you know, it's not even a fair fight. The offensive linemen are so much bigger than the defensive linemen out there. Washington's got some guys with some size, but their defense, not prepared to go against the Texas squad with all these athletes. It's just, they're not, they're not. You can talk about Caleb Williams being the number one pick, USC and all this and that. They lost five games. He was not, uh, nothing special this season. Their offense, yeah, they put up some numbers, but USC's defense, putrid. The whole Pac-10's defense, putrid. Now they're running into some athletes. I will say Texas's defense, I don't think they're the greatest either. Can't wait to watch that game. Over 63 and a half. I'm on record calling that, what, uh, a week and change in advance. I want people to know, I said last week, New England area fans have gotten content, fat and lazy, fat and happy. We had so much winning in this region. Now, the Patriots, 4-11, have experienced some serious loss. In fact, I've got a song that I'm going to play probably next week, kind of mocking the Patriots and their failures, how bad they are. Us longing for the days of yore when Tom Brady was here, guiding us to uh, incredible comeback victories, being down 28-3 in the Super Bowl and still winning the largest deficit by a mile in Super Bowl history, largest comeback ever. We got to do something, Boston fans, to turn the tide. We got to get back to the ways of winning. The Celtics are our team to do it. We have the talent. Brad Stevens has amassed a collection of just incredible shooters, talented basketball players. Do we have the mentality? Fans, we need to help them get there. 
You're going to help us do it. The Sports Machine with Slim is going to help the Celtics cross the wire. They will win the NBA title this year. You've heard it here for the last few weeks. We're going to say it all the way through. WKXL Radio is the place you come to get your Celtics talk. 1450 AM, 103.9 FM Concord, 101.9 FM in Manchester, nhtalkradio.com. You can listen live or you can listen to any past shows on demand. We want you here. We're picking up steam. Let's go Boston sports.